So you look like a grandmother now? Who? Do you look like a grandmother now? Oh, heavens no. You don't look like a grandma? I don't think so. With your gray hair? No, it's just streaks of gray hair. All right. And it's it's long. It's down in my shoulders. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, put it up yeah. in a ponytail. Look like a childhood oh, kid. Oh, no, no, no. I have big ears. And if you think about it, nobody's ever seen me in a ponytail. No, but I would like, for my birthday next year, I would like a picture of you in a ponytail. I want to see those big ears. No, I, if I do, if I go ponytail, then I have to put this big headband around to cover my ears. Okay. Well, well, whatever you want to do, and we can get together next year for next Mother's Day or next birthday. How's that? In person. Oh, okay. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. Most people don't, but you do. Stories and conversations about the benefits received and the fulfillment enjoyed by doing what most people don't. This is Bart Berkey, CEO and founder of Most People Don't. We're a motivational storytelling company where we provide enabling tools to empower you to do what most people don't. I have a very special guest. I have been teasing this for a couple of weeks now, and this is going to be released right in time for Mother's Day. Welcome to the podcast to our almost 20,000 listeners. Ellie Berkey, my mother. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bart. How nice to have this opportunity. I'm very proud to do it. Just ask me easy questions. I will ask you easy questions. So, <laughs> so my mother is, and it's okay if I say this, right? Can I tell them your age? Sure. 143. She's the oldest woman in America. No, okay. I don't um, ever wish that. All right. 85 years old, lives by herself in Pittsburgh, still, let's say, mentally fit as a fiddle, right? Yeah. Okay. And physically fit, as fit as a violin. Old lady. Old lady. All right. That's fair enough. <laughs> all right. So I wanted to talk to you, Mom, for a couple of different reasons. You really had a big impact, obviously, on not only on my life, but on the, the lives of, you know, my two sisters. Um, but what I keep on finding myself doing, and you know that my book is called Most People Don't. Um, the podcast is Most People Don't. Um, my company is Most People Don't. And it's really that the essence is about encouraging behavior, uh, encouraging positive behavior. So you have taught me from a very young, very young time to be nice to people and to be kind to people. And you yes. continue to set those examples. How did you become that type of person that was all, that's always kind to people? I had two wonderful parents who um, instilled that in me without actually saying that. They were very well liked, my mother and dad. They were the oldest in their, each in their families, the oldest child. And they, um, they had a lot of empathy. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of kindness. Um, all of their brothers and sisters, which was probably 
at least six each. I'm trying to, I don't want to count right now, but I think there were seven children in each of their families. Um, because they were the oldest and their parents still spoke um, Slovak mm-hmm. because they came over from Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was easier sometimes for my parents to talk to their brothers and sisters about things than it was my grandparents. Okay, got it. So you're saying that, so your your dad, Mike, and your mother, Agnes, would yes. be communicating with the parents. And because grandma and grandpa were the oldest, they would then sometimes... Uh, um, interpret or help to communicate to the younger kids? Is that kind of how it was? Kind of. Now, my both of my grandmothers, their, their mothers, died at a relatively young age. My mother and father, each being the oldest in their family, uh, had to interpret um, things that their father might not have, fathers may not have understood mm-hmm. that was going on in school and so on. Okay. All right. So then give me an example of something that you would notice your dad or your mother doing kindness for someone that stuck with you. Maybe it happened when you were a kid. Well, I, I, I think a lot of their time and kindness went to their siblings because yeah. they, they had several siblings uh, and the siblings had no mother to talk to after a certain age. They both lost their mother. I mean, they lost mothers early mm-hmm. in their uh, growing up years. And my mother and my father were someplace to go to talk over maybe problems, mm-hmm. uh, maybe questions and so on. And they knew my mother and father would never judge them harshly, but try to listen and understand. Okay. All right. So specifically, are there any stories that you remember growing up that you saw your parents do something you're like, oh my gosh, that was so kind. Anything? Do you remember anything? A particular, a particular story, you know, did they, did they let someone live with them? Did they donate food? Did they give something to someone else when maybe they didn't have enough, but it didn't matter? Oh, as far as living with us, yes. Not only did my grandfather, my one grandfather live with us for um, periods of time, and then he'd go on and live with another uh, of his children. Uh Uh-huh. But we had at least two occasions when my mother's sister, her husband, and their two boys moved in with us because her husband, although he was a a nice guy, was not a good provider. Mm-hmm. So we had four people move in with us on at least two different occasions throughout many years. Got it. And I think that was very kind. Never did I hear a harsh word or someone 
acting like they were irritated. They accepted it. They did it. And uh, I have no bad memories yeah. of the times when that family lived with us. Okay. So you really learned your kindness from your parents. And we understand that your parents, because they were the oldest, they had to take on a lot of responsibilities and show empathy. Um, so uh, I just remember growing up, you were always nice to everyone. Um, yeah, what, what, why, why do you think that you are nice to everyone? How, how does it make you feel? Well, I think it was mostly their influence, my parents' influence. They were nice to everyone. Yes, but now, now, how does it make you feel? Why are you still nice to everyone? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's, it, it just comes naturally after a while, I think. Um, and, and sometimes even giving a smile to someone a stranger that looked like they needed a smile, you know? Yes. And it doesn't cost anything. And that's Absolutely. what I noticed about you. You talk to everybody. And I think as I'm getting a little older, I'm beginning to talk to more people. And guess what? You can wave to someone. It doesn't cost anything. You can send a letter and it costs the price of a stamp. You can add a sticker onto something and it doesn't really cost anything. And that's kind of what you continue to do. Have you ever been mad at someone? Hmm. I, I don't remember. If, if I was angry, it would be something that would happen and go very quickly. Okay. Um, have you ever been mean to someone? If you needed to stand up for something that you believed in, were you ever mean to somebody or forceful? No, and, and I was not a forceful kind of person, so I would not be one to verbally uh, or loudly stand up and shout what I, what I thought was uh, a wrongdoing or something. But in my own way, I would try to express myself. Yeah, would you stand up for what you would believe in? Yeah, but it wouldn't be loudly because that wasn't my personality. Yeah, that wasn't your style. But you would still stand up for what you believed in. Right. Yeah. All right, and then tell us about the thoughtfulness of what you continue to do for your grandkids, for your neighbors. Um, what types of acts of kindness are you continuing to do for others? You know, it's something I don't even think about. Um, uh, do you want me I to... just find that my neighbors do lots of kindness towards me. I don't know if I did something first or if they did something first, but it, um, I will certainly always smile. Sometimes I will give them a phone call if there is something that I want them to know that I noticed that was nice or if there was a problem they should know about. Yeah, well, and I think that that you simply living in the same place for so many years and even though some of your neighbors have come and gone, they know that you're a nice person. And I think about what people will do for you living alone and sadly we're four hours away, but you have you know, um, my brother-in-law, Hank, will do great things for you. Your neighbor, Chuck, across the street will do great things for you. 
Um, the, yes. the, the people that are delivering groceries know that you're a kind person. Even though I put into the Instacart message, I said, this is for a very mean, spiteful grandmother of 85. <laughs> Be careful, she bites. Um, they laugh at that, and then they, they bring the groceries in for you. Um, but I think that that's why people do nice things for you. And then, Mom, just on Mother's Day, to be able to promote this, some great things that you have done for all of us and that you continue to do, you know, you're very thoughtful. You're a person that continues to write handwritten notes, and you're not going to just put a note in the mail. You're going to buy a card, and you're going to doctor it up, and you're going to scratch off the one and put a 54 in front of it. So it's the right age because you like the card and you're going to add stickers and you're going to use your artistic drawing to make it different. And then you're going to include an article on something from the newspaper that you thought we would enjoy. And then you would mail it to us. Yeah, I have an article all ready to go about yeah. Kennywood. I just don't know to <laughs> whom I'm going to uh, send it. Well, and it's just very appreciated that you send, you know, $2 bills to the kids You'll do great things for your grandkids, and I don't think most people are still doing things like that. So know on Mother's Day that we appreciate it, and as your son, you know, growing up, I'm just thinking back on Valentine's Day, you would always give us something red, whether it was a little red matchbox car. I know we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I just learned, and I don't know if you remember this, that you would buy a lot of red things on sale after Christmas, and be able to keep it and give it to us on Valentine's Day in February. Did you know you did that? No, you know, I, I do now. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, and it was so great because all it had to be was red. That's it, right. And, and it was more than appropriate for a, a token gift or a little gift on Valentine's Day. That's right. And then, Mom, I want our listeners to learn a little bit about your career that you started off in art can you tell us a little bit about your beginning career as an art instructor well i i i often think back when i decided on this um i was in junior high and uh we had of course an art teacher uh and i thought to myself not that he was a number one best teacher in the world. It wasn't like that. It was just like, oh my goodness, what a, what a great way to uh, make a living, have a job. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was wonderful. Well, I didn't change my mind all the way up into high school. And then it just kept going from there. All the right doors opened and I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And you were a teacher at what level? What grade level? Um, I, I taught in the elementary schools. That's where I wanted to teach. I, I just enjoyed them so much. Um, I don't think I had a, a job in the secondary schools because that's not what I chose. Uh -huh. I, I remember... Um, like student teaching in the secondary, and uh, it was it was a it was a very challenging mm -hmm. um, time, not with the students, but getting all the equipment together and and 
getting through a whole class in less than an hour with all your supplies and equipments, put them out, have them ready, get them cleaned up before the next class came in. And, Mom, so how, I, yeah. and how long were you a teacher for? Well, I taught... I taught three years to get my certification. Okay. That means you had to teach in Pennsylvania for three years, uh, even though you had your degree and so on. Okay. And then, then after, no. Go ahead. after that, I substituted mostly in art for nine years. Okay, got it. And then after that, you decided when you were substituting, um, did you have us when you were substituting or did you take time off? No, no, yeah, you, I had you, uh, yeah, I had a family then, okay. and uh, I, I felt, um, yeah, it was a busy time. Yeah, yeah, it was a busy time, and I remember at a certain point that um, there was a little bit of, I don't want to say irony, but a little bit of conflict, because Dad wanted you at the time to stay home, didn't he? Oh, yes, yes. He, he wanted me to stay at home, and he, uh, he said he would take on two jobs. He just felt better that I was home with your family, yeah. with my, our family. Um, I think we could have made it work. I think it was more the, the things that he really didn't want to do, and he would rather work. <laughs> yeah, so, so even kind of generationally, right? If he grew up where... You know, oh, Grandpa yeah. Berkey went to work in the mines and Grandma stayed home and took care of the household. That's probably yeah. what he was used to. And compare that to your parents. I mean, it was still that yes. way, but Grandpa Lesko was able to help out more around the house, didn't he? Yes. And um, like I said, it was more where you grew up and what the families did. Mm -hmm. uh, your father grew up in a, a whole different kind of atmosphere than I did. And um, that's why, I think that's that's why. He, yeah. It was never a, a, a question about him trying not to work. He, he would work, like I said, two, three jobs if he had to. Right. But it was just kind of a mindset from a different... Generation, uh, right? Different generation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and I know he, you know he gradually got used to it because he understood that that's what made you happy. And when you were, you know, you entered into the wedding boutique business for many, many years... You know, at first he would be grumpy about putting something in the microwave and then he got used to it. And then he got used to it more and then would do the dishes and would get used to it more and cut the grass and do the dishes and heat up his dinner. So, I mean, I think eventually he realized that that's what you needed in order to be happy. And mom, we, recently we were talking with a group of people about something called mental load and it's the responsibilities and the stress and worry from a lot of um, heads of households at home. So meaning a lot of the female female individuals that it, they, they're worrying not necessarily because, well, because of the pandemic, they're thinking about, well, I need to help educate my kids uh, because they're not going to school, they're going to school online. So I have to help them with that. But I also mm -hmm. help, have to um, make sure that we have enough food and cook for everybody, but it's not just cooking, it's getting the groceries or it's ordering the groceries, it's seeing what yes. we need, like there's so many steps to the process 
So it's yeah. just, it's interesting just to see, you know, how the pandemic has um, created a lot of stress for people, which brings me probably to one of my last questions. I know it's not been easy for you being of your age and in living alone. Are there any good things that have come as a result of the pandemic that you can think of? Oh, I, I, I don't feel that I'm affected by it as much as other people. I have neighbors uh, that are here, uh, and ever since I lived here, we, there were neighbors in and out, and even though they're not the same neighbors now, they're still close enough that I could ask for help if I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't feel isolated, except once in a while, and I think that's that's with everybody. It, yeah. There are times you feel isolated and alone, and nothing that lasts long, it's just thoughts that go through your head. And Yeah, and we know things are getting better, and happy that you had your second vaccination, so... So have I, so oh, yeah. I'll be able to see you soon, and we'll either come up and get you and bring you down or come up and visit you. Um, yeah. A lot of the things, Mom, that I'm talking about right now are things that people know that they should do in their life that they've not had a chance to do. And it's, uh-huh. not, it's not the need to things. It's not like I need to pay my taxes, you know, I need to go to a meeting, I need to take my pills. It's nothing like that, and nor is it, the things that you want to do, right? I want to, um, I want to come down and visit. I want to come up and visit. I want to go out to eat. But it's the things that you know you should do that you've not yet done. If I ask you well, that, I, yeah. I want to tell you that your your father was never one that wanted to travel much. Yeah. And the fact that he was in the navy and on a ship, he didn't certainly didn't ever want to go on a cruise or anything. Yeah. But it's because of you children mm-hmm. that I got to do things and see things mm-hmm. that I never thought I would be able to. Mm. Stonehenge, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> o- over in England. Yeah. I mean, th- things like that. Um, I, I don't think your father would have been as impressed with doing things like that because he, oh, he was a different person. Mm-hmm. But... I loved all the um, activities and trips and mm-hmm. visual things that I was able to see. And uh, yeah, going and was, yeah, visiting us in California when we lived there, meeting me in Hawaii with your sister and brother-in-law, going to going to London. Yeah, I mean, so certainly. I went as yep. as far as Hawaii West. Yeah. And as far as England East, That's and right. that totally satisfied me. I loved it. Yeah. So, but is there anything else that you know you should do that you've not yet done? No, but I'd like to, to express to other people, mm-hmm. whenever you have a chance, do it, okay. unless there's some really good reason that you shouldn't. No, and that's and that's a really good reminder. So... If when I come up to visit and I'm like, hey, look, we're going to the strip district in Pittsburgh. Do you want to come with us? What is your answer going to be? Oh, it's always yes. Is it? Yes. <laughs> well, Why? we have to, we have to, because it, it's not always yes, but it needs to be always yes. 
right? Grandpa oh. was always about the exploration, and he would take us to baseball games, and we'd ride on the subway to the end of the line just because oh. we could, and we'd get home he, on the bus at oh, midnight. he was wonderful like that. Yeah. And my mother was not done home. My, my mother had some health issues, uh, and she didn't have the energy all the time. But, oh, I am so blessed. When I look at my dad's picture, I think, how blessed I am that you, that he wanted to go and explore and see things. Yeah. Oh, that we, was the, the well, biggest thing yeah. that he could have done. And that, that probably started, right, the, the encouragement for us to want to do that because my family talks about it all the time, right? Max will go uh -huh. to D.C., you know, four times a week, and he's taking his friends to new parts. He wants to study abroad next year. Same thing with oh, Alexa, okay. and you know, and Terry and I, we will go anywhere at any time. So, um, yeah. no, that's that's good to know. Yes. So, it's about so doing it right, doing it. So, don't have regrets, correct? Don't have regrets. You have any regret re regrets at 85? No, I don't think so. All right, you're content and happy. Uh huh. Okay. Last, most important question. I never did like the house. Well, does that, that count? No. Well, but that's not an important thing, right? It was, <laughs> You're right. It was about the love that was inside. And um, who's your favorite son? I just want to make sure we are clear. Oh, my favorite son. Yeah. It's it's you, Bart. Yes. Okay. Well, mom, thank you for the conversation. Hopefully, this was fun, right? This oh, is yeah. what I'm doing now after. 32 years in the hospitality, I'm sharing ideas, I'm interviewing some really fun people, um, people that have influenced my life, people that can help teach others different things. So I think you gave some really good tidbits on what people can do differently, how they can think differently. And most importantly, Mom, thank you for, for having me and happy, happy Mother's Day. I love you. And we'll love talk. you too. And I, I want to tell you, one of the things that stand out yeah. in my mind that that you invited to me for me to be with you. There were several things, but one of them made me see you in a different light, and that was when we went to Penn State mm -hmm. and you talked to this auditorium full of people. Mm -hmm. You gave a talk. Yeah. Uh, it, it it made me see what you do now and how these people were. These, they were probably students, were so influenced. It was a big crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. What's my topic? What do I speak of? What's the name of my book? Most people don't. That's right. All right. Good. And why you should. Exactly right. All right, Ellie Berkey. Thank you. I'm going to hit pause here in a second, but happy Mother's Day. Thank you, dear. Stay well. Know that you're loved. Okay. Thank you.